Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the greatest motorsport podcast on the planet. Yes, it's the Understeer podcast. Um, and today I'm as always joined by Gus. Um, he has had a little bit of success uh, over the past couple of weeks, I think it's fair to say. Um, onto that more uh, later on the episode. But how are you doing at this moment in time, Gus? Yeah, I'm I'm really good, thank you. Um, like I said, it's been a good it's been a good but very busy few months kind of since our last podcast it's, it's been a while hasn't it yeah we are the most consistent people on the planet have to say i don't know where our award is but must be coming i mean postal service must be a bit today yeah we should be invited to the auto sport awards at the end of the year i think <laughs> most consistent uploaded most consistent podcast <laughs> most improved that's almost as bad as most improved <laughs> it actually is oh no just filling filling the spaces but, uh, but i suppose we should um sort of move on to, well, I mean, the last time uh, we were discussing sort of um, the whole kerfuffle around Abu Dhabi, uh, I suppose you don't need to go back there. But um, since then, I suppose it's been a bit of a whirlwind for you. So, so um, do you want to tell everyone sort of what's going on with you? Yeah, so like, I, I guess since our, since, um, our last podcast, it wasn't very clear what I was going to be racing this year, but it all came together, luckily. Uh, thank you to uh my sponsors help from my my uh family and also uh Aston Martin to give away obviously if you don't know what I'm doing is um I'm actually racing uh for a Swiss team called Racing Spirit of Le Mans uh in the European GT4 championship again my second year in the Aston Martin GT4 car um so it it all came together it was a very last minute thing but it seems to have worked, you know, we didn't have a lot. We had one pre-season test and we turned up to Imola, which is the first round in the in the beautiful country of Italy, um, or San Marino, if you want to get technical. Um, <laughs> and um, we, you know, I, I got pole position and then got a double race win. So, yeah, it just couldn't have been any better. Yeah, I mean, and those were, I mean, when you say race wins, it was pretty dominating stuff, I think, in both, both races, it would be fair to say. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, like I don't want to sound um, kind of obnoxious or or anything or arrogant because it was there's so much hard work went into this weekend. But I mean, the actual race itself, bar the safety car restarts, were were relatively trouble free for us. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of at the front, it, it was one of those situations where kind of everything was unraveling behind us and we, we were just very lucky to stay out of it. And as I said, the team just did an incredible job of setting up that car. It was, it was amazing in qualifying, but it was even better in the race. I mean, it it was just so lovely to drive. Um, and yeah, it was nice to me. Like my family came to watch, um, my, my beautiful Italian girlfriend also came to watch. So that was, that was lovely as well. Obviously it wasn't far from her and, yeah, it also due to us being a support series for the World Challenge, um, it was very busy there because of uh, a man called Valentino Rossi. I don't know if you've heard of him. But <laughs> he was racing there, so yeah, it was, it was absolutely mega. Did you uh, did you get to did you go get close to the big man or not? I I so I didn't. Um, and Awful. like to be fair, like we're so busy when they're racing, we're doing all the other stuff like data. Like interviews that kind of thing um but i know my like my family were walking around the paddock just kind of having a look and, and and same with my girlfriend who was with them as well and they did see him but there was a massive crowd outside his uh his motorhome um yeah, yeah. as you can imagine um yeah. 
And so, well, not as big as the one outside your one. But. Well, no, of course. I mean, you know what it's like outside mine. It's it's chaos. Everyone screaming, Gus, give me your autograph, give me your picture, that kind of thing. You know, um, but, I can't even see the but, ground. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like being at a British festival in summertime, I'd say. Um, but no, it, it 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 was really cool that he was there. So many fans turned up, um, and obviously. When you've got fans for World Challenge, of course, they're going to watch the support series and it couldn't have really been much better weekend for us. So we got a lot of publicity and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, a few followers gained for you, gain I reckon. Yeah, I did. I actually did get quite a few followers. Though. And, uh, Lewis then, Hamilton, watch out. Yeah, I know. The thing is, that's what I was just saying to like, I was just saying to my parents. I was like, you know, you've got a famous son now, so you need to be, you know, no. <laughs> roll out the red carpet. Yeah, exactly. No, but no, it was, it was everyone put in so much hard work. My teammate, Constantin Lackenauer, he, he was absolutely incredible. And him, him being second year in the car has, has really been helpful to me in adapting to it. Um, and, also, our t- our sister car was Tom Canning and Akil Rabindra. They were so it, our team is working so well together, and yeah, you can yeah. see that because we end up getting both. Like obviously, we won both, but the other car got a double podium as well. So it it, it really was a perfect weekend for us, and and we're not silly. We know that it it will get harder, and you know there's there's elements of bop and there's that kind of thing, but also yeah, you're gonna have a lot of that. Yeah, exactly. And but also your ride height's gonna be like sort of in space. Yeah. Gonna, it's going to be like a monster truck derby kind of situation <laughs> in, in Paul Ricard. But no, honestly, everyone put in so much hard work and also Aston Martin, really helpful. Always there, always making sure everything's OK with the car. Like everything worked in harmony. And I think, you know, you're always here, like people say, you know, like the team did a great job. But genuinely, the team and everyone involved did such a good job and I'm so thankful and grateful that to be part of it. Um because obviously, you know, driving it from the front is, is one thing, but everything that goes on behind the scenes yeah, yeah, is, is yeah. crazy. Um there were yeah, some new experiences for me in the sense of safety car restart from the front and they they went quite well actually. So yeah, they, I mean they, you're in a different league to everyone else. I mean Yeah, I was honestly, you, you sort of you sort of just didn't bunch I I sort of noticed you don't bunch anyone up, you just sort of go. Yeah, so what I know, the thing is, in, in F1, you they, they'll bunch everyone, if you notice, they go so slowly, because F1 cars don't have TC, and they have so much power that getting the power down, just like that, is really difficult, so yeah. when if obviously only the leader knows when he's going to go, so he can get a clean getaway, everyone else will be kind of wheel spinning and all over the place behind, um, and of course you've also got the slipstream in F1 that's so powerful, um, but in, in GT, everyone bunches, but it doesn't make as much sense. You're better off kind of, of course, bunching to an extent, but going early and kind of just getting your best exit possible. Because if you just get a good enough exit in, in GT, obviously the Audi had really good straight line speed, to be fair, but um, it just wasn't enough. So like you said, I didn't really bunch. So I, I did up to the penultimate-ish kind of leading up to the penultimate corner. I obviously yeah, and you just go right before that. Was it a chicane or was it like a... Yes, yeah, so you've got a really tight chicane, then you've got the, a double left for the kind of last two corners. And yeah. budged out of the chicane, weaving, 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 and then kind of out the penultimate corner, just went. And like like the commentator said, and like you just said, it was... I didn't really let, let it bunch enough, and I think it, it worked well. But also, I think that kind of 
uh, way of doing things works better for the race because often when it bunches, you're going to get another crash, if you see what I mean. Because mm-hmm. everything yeah. bunches so tightly. So, yeah, did two restarts in that in race two, and they were both absolutely fine, to be honest. Um, yeah. yeah, the old adage, safety car causes safety car. Oh, it was, it was, yeah, it, it, it was. We've heard a lot about safety cars in the last few months, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was just perfect. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we definitely got to try and get one of uh, your teammates on um, the podcast if they're up for it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, well, actually, I think we'll arrange that for the next podcast we do. We've got a big gap, um, so yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Tin, if you're listening. You're going to be honest. <laughs> I mean, Constantine, I do have, I have one criticism. Champagne what? bottle opening. What happened there on the page? Uh, honestly, he claims that it was uh, it was sealed. But, no. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> what, cement around it. Or yeah, I know. No, but all, all jokes aside, we all had a go. And it just, it, even when we got back to the garage, we couldn't open it. Um, it was just obviously, I don't know what they'd done to that bottle. <laughs> it, was, it was quite funny when, when everyone was banging, actually, he was just trying to open it. Yeah, and like the problem, well, actually, the a funny story is it, race one, we actually were only given one overalls so far. I think we might be getting another pair, but we only have one pair of these overalls, and race one kind of obviously used uh, yeah. champagne. But then we were like, oh, no. So we, we were sprayed with champagne, went back to the garage, and just kind of didn't realise that, oh, no, we have to wear this tomorrow. Um, well, lucky it's not on the same day, then. Yeah, uh, we, and we, it dried overnight, but it just smelled of very strongly of champagne. Which, uh, <laughs> the worst thing it could smell of. One could say, so, <laughs> yeah. So you be falling asleep in the car. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Well, I think, it, if anything, it helps, so, you know. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I suppose there are worse things that it could smell of. Um yeah, I mean, so, so it's great that you're in such a great car. I mean, um, the Aston Martin, I think, sort of traditionally suited that circuit as well. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think so. And and like I said, Aston Martin tends to be strong everywhere. Like, there's not necessarily a circuit. It, that it's more that other cars on the grid have kind of the positives of other cars. Like the strengths of other cars are very extreme, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And but they also huge huge downsides. The Aston Martin's pretty consistent everywhere. Um, like, it might not necessarily be the quickest car outright, but like I said, the Audis were so fast in the straight that I was I was managing to pull kind of, after the first sector, I was pulling about a seven-tenth to a second gap, and kind of by the end of the first sector, which, for those that don't know, is, is essentially three corners and two massive straights, um, it was kind of within two-tenths again. So, you know... Obviously, on that side of things, you know, we got away with it a little bit here. But around the circuit uh, that has more kind of straight line, but like even Ricard, um, it might not be as easy. So, um, mm. fingers crossed, kind of. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, if if you look at the calendar, um, you've got how many rounds? It's six rounds. Yeah. Um, and you're going, we've well, done it, Miller. I mean, you've got uh, Paul Ricard, Misano. That's, that's mm. really, have you raced her before? I've never raced there, and I've been doing it on the sim, and it is mega. It's a really cool circuit. Is Masada's used for um, MotoGP? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's, prim- it's it is used for GT racing. World Challenge have been there a lot, and GT4 Europe went there three years ago or two years ago now. But uh, like you said, its prim- primary use kind of thing is uh, is MotoGP. So yeah, Masada's Spa. Um, Hockenheim, which we were talking about before we hit record, and um, back to Barcelona for the um, season finale. 
Yeah, it's I, I pretty mean, decent calendar. It's, it's not bad. So I'd say it's not bad, is it? Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, a really good mixture of circuits, of course. Like last year's calendar was great, and so is this year's one. Like, I I, I will miss Zandvoort because I, I had a bad race at Zandvoort last year, but I really enjoyed it, the actual circuit. So I'm hoping that um wasn't necessarily your end fault, though. No, no, exactly. It was a exactly. Um, so so um, that's a shame, but it is what it is, and and like you just said, it's a brilliant calendar. Um, and also Barcelona last year because of how good we did the race before, our bop was the most horrific thing I've ever witnessed so it's well, like I think you might be getting into more of the same in uh in yeah the, I, mean, uh, I mean I I I'm praying I hope they don't hit us too hard but um <laughs> double win double failure but yeah exactly um but yeah no so let's let's fingers crossed for Paul Ricard and we'll kind of I think it's going to be one of those things where we know we got the best start possible we've just got to be consistent and and hope for more podiums and wins yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Just got to try and not get it caught up in some of the carnage that there is. There is quite a lot. Of, it's not quite. Um, oh, what are they called? You did it. You've done it before. Oh, yeah. Gen- yeah, it's not quite Janetta's level of carnage, but there is still quite, quite a high level of carnage. But um, it wasn't quite Janetta, but we were getting there. <laughs> um, but no, so that's exciting. And also, actually, um, another thing I've been involved in is um, coaching the Formula Women. Um, I, yeah, I thought, was this what you were doing the last two days then at yes, Donington? at Donington Park. Um, and obviously, um, of course, um, I'm with Aston Martin now. Um, however, the Formula Women programme is there entering in, a, in the McLaren GT4. So I've been helping coach that because obviously I've driven the car for... The last two years um and it was and it was really really good and encouraging to see of course motorsport being very male dominated um it, it's so good to see i mean we've seen it with w series and we're now seeing it with this is is initiatives to get uh women into motorsport um and it was a really positive day that they're looking really really fast and consistent and they were all taking on the feedback so well um really positive bunch of women um and uh dto it, the team in which they'll be competing with um have really been very supportive about it so um anybody listening i'd just say keep an eye out if you can follow formula women on instagram um it, it's a brilliant initiative and you can follow this the, the journey of these um of these uh female drivers and kind of see how they get on it's, it's been amazing yeah, definitely. I'll leave a link for that um, uh, in the in the episode notes. And and are they en- so they're entering a series then, or? Yeah, so they plan. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but I'm. Oh, right, okay, well, maybe best to keep your mouth no, shut. No, no, I just say that is is that they they are planning on entering GT Cup at some point. Um, it's just uh to be to be decided to be confirmed. So. Okay, awesome. But a great initiative and, and something I'm sure you're enjoying getting involved with. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, just thought I'd add that in there. <laughs> Busy man. We're lucky to get you on here still. Huh? As we're lucky to have you on here still. Yeah, I know. I mean, well, you know, us doing podcasts every week. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, exactly. It takes up so much every week, every day yeah. almost. To us. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, um, so yeah, it'll be very exciting to sort of, as I said, um, see the rest of your season, which we can um, see GT4. Um, what's GT World? That's the channel on YouTube as well. So it's yeah, all free. GT World on YouTube. 
Um, you can tool free and you can and Gus will usually put um the timings and everything on his yeah. uh, Instagram story. Yeah. And I do it UK time for all the UK listeners, so <laughs> Okay. The maths coming in handy there. <laughs> um so Formula One, should we talk yeah. about it? Yeah, Formula One, I mean been pretty good season so far. Did you get up for Australia? Expose yourself. Honestly, and and I'm sorry, but no, I did <laughs> Did you? I got up, then it was like, then I was like, I was thinking to myself, right, I'll put it next to me in my bed, and yeah. I'll sleep, I'll like close my eyes and listen to the commentary. Obviously, <laughs> I didn't laugh. <laughs> I mean, I fell asleep after about, I, I, can't even, I can't even remember what I saw. Oh, I, think I, saw Lance, I think I saw Lance Stroll pit, about tw- pit twice under the same safety car. You must yeah, have been so. thinking, am I dreaming or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, I'm just hearing, I mean, yeah, it must be a pretty, pretty boring race. I think it was a pretty well, not boring. And I, I think it's probably the worst race in terms of excitement we've seen, um, sort of this year. And it's all back to the old sort of races we saw quite a lot under previous regulations. Yeah. But so, did you catch up on the races or not? Yeah, yeah. Watch the watch the. So me and my me and my dad said, look, we're we are big F one fans, but are we big enough to wake up? I really, by the way, anyone that woke up at that time, hats off to you. That is amazing. Um. <laughs> But no, so what we did was set our alarm to about 8am 8, 8 and went straight downstairs. We had it recorded, didn't look at our phones and watched watched the race um, all the way through without looking at our phones. So, you know, not quite. Yeah, Watch more of it than me then. <laughs> yeah, by the sounds of it. <laughs> it's probably the first time I was falling asleep to Crofty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honestly. Oh, uh, I mean, what did you think of the track changes then? Because um, I was listening to a couple of people's sort of thoughts and they don't think that they've actually improved the racing. They actually thought, was it they got rid of that last corner um, before the straight or something like that? And they yeah, thought they so thought that was better I, when it was there previously. I, can I, I don't want to be controversial. Or, and I'm not saying this just to be, oh, I'm, I'm different. I, I'm, I genuinely believe, I really liked it. And I think the problem is, it is too fast now in the sense that because they've taken that whole chicane out and then they've kind of made the corner before that a lot quicker I think they need to in the last sector they need to change something because you know so that that's my opinion I thought the circuit flows a lot nicer I really hated the chicane before the straight I thought it was such an awkward corner you couldn't follow through there you couldn't really overtake unless you were really close because it's such a late breaking zone um mm. Uh, I really didn't like that corner, and I actually thought the changes were a positive, personally. That being said, I think there still needs to be, due to it now being so much faster, they need to change more. Uh, I think first sector's brilliant, second sector's now brilliant. I think it's the third sector that actually needs to be extended. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, from what I saw, I mean, it, it was all right, but I mean... I would say the DRS seemed to work quite well in the sense that the, the DRS would get you next to the driver. Yes. And you would have to do the work yourself um, under the braking instead of what we usually see where they just fly past. Yeah, no, that's, that's actually something I didn't really kind of pick up on. That's a really good point. Uh, yeah. And I guess that's kind of what we all want DRS to be. We don't want them to be in front and back in position by the end of the straight, do we? We want them to be just side by side so we can see... A move kind of thing. Un- yeah, moves under braking. I mean, I mean, there was some. I, I saw Carlos Sainz seemed to have pretty poor weekend as well. Um, sort of notable, mm. sort of poor weekends in the field. I mean, he seemed 
to just be getting a bit frustrated. Maybe it's the fact that Charles Leclerc is, is in the, sort of the form of his life and he's driving faultless races at the moment. Maybe it's sort of getting to his head and he's trying to overdrive the car in a sense. I, I think you're completely right. And I think it happens to anybody and it takes a lot to not, uh, you know, it's it's always worse when it's your teammate. Um, and it, it takes a lot. And I think, first of all, Leclerc has been absolutely outstanding. So consistent, so fast. And I've always been a massive Leclerc fan, to be fair. Like, I really like the driver. Um, um, and, you know, he was in his first year at Sauber, absolutely phenomenal. And then at Ferrari, he's done such a good job. Of course, I'd say last year... He had a few too many spins, but he's obviously sorted out for this year. And, and like you said, I think he's kind of taken to this car so well. And Carlos Sainz hasn't quite had the start he wanted. And, and now we're in a position where, like you said, he's probably overdriving because he feels he has to catch up. Because obviously, yeah, it becomes. I mean, it's so rare to be in a car that actually will most likely win the championship. So it's tricky for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's kind of got to do what he he did at the start of last season when Lando Norris was sort of doing a similar thing where he was really overdriving the car and, and Carlos Sainz has kept it consistent and kept just sort of bringing it home. Because that, that's what you want, really. Yeah, and I think that's true. And I think there's all, there's that element of understanding the car and knowing exactly what is good for it. And like being Lando's, that's what I think the reason he... I mean, as well as being an incredible driver, something that really gave him the one up on on uh, Daniel Ricciardo is is um is that he understood how to drive the car. You know, he he knew what it was good at and what it wasn't, and you saw that in qualifying because he was always out qualifying Daniel. And I think to an extent that's happening with Signs and Leclerc. I think Signs is is just taken to this new car a bit slower. Um, but you know, it, it, it's. It can, you know what it's like, you know F1, you know what motorsports like. It, it can change race to race. It, it, it will change. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, talking of uh, Jurassic changes, Red Bull, mm. reigning drivers champion, and they're, they're trying to give Max Verstappen a car to defend his, his world jump, world drivers championship, and mm. he's had two reti- two retire two retirements. Can't even get on words. Yeah, um, out of three races, a bit of a shocker for them. Yeah, it's it and and. I think they have a really good car, like really good. And I think, I don't think it's on par with the Ferrari, even if it was reliable, I don't think it is. But they've built a fast car that can't finish races necessarily. And obviously it's a good thing to have a fast car, but there's no point in having it. I mean, that car could be a second quicker than anybody. If you can't finish the race, what's the point? Um, And although, like I said, Mercedes haven't had, obviously, lots of issues with that car they, it is reliable it, it, it is a fundamentally very reliable car and that's why I mean what is Russell second in the drive standing yeah exactly yeah and and that's kind of the the result and Lewis is ahead of Max in the championship and Mercedes are doing quite well actually um so it it's really interesting um we could actually go through each team kind of and, and say what we think and maybe what how they've done so far and and what we think. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, definitely. I suppose we should sort of start with Mercedes then, as we were there. Um, what do you think? Well, I mean, Russell seems to sort of had been settled in to this new car better than uh, Sir Lewis. I I think to an extent, yeah. I I think he's really worked it out. I think it was unfortunate with the old safety car for Lewis's side, anyway, but. Do you know what? That's racing, and and Russell really capitalised on that, and really kind of 
smashed it, I thought. Did a really good job. And like you said, we saw in Saudi, didn't he? He just worked it out. He really worked out that car and, and Lewis wasn't happy. Um, so I think Merck have a lot of issues. But, you know, I think, like everyone's been saying, I, I, and I believe it is a fast car once the issues are sorted. So, hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I mean, the only thing, Lewis Hamilton, he's starting to make some sort of, you know, these sort of backhand, sort of slightly disparaging comments that he did towards the end of his time to McLaren. So maybe something to watch out there. Yeah, that's that's definitely you're you're definitely right. Um, and yeah, I, I'm so interested to see how the Merck evolves and develops and what the team dynamic. Because at the moment, he seems to be getting on very well with um George and. You know, he is ultimately, you can tell he does love Mercedes, but it will be interesting to see kind of as the year goes on what, what will happen um, with them. Yeah, and, and let's move on to, I suppose, well, I mean, they didn't they didn't have the greatest Australia race, but um, this team sort of notoriously never do. I mean, there's that moment in Jive to survive about rock stars or something with, with Gunter, but has of, I mean, a lot better than last season, certainly. I mean, they had a hell of a race in Bahrain of K-Mag, He's 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 been a very good signing. I mean, you sort of know what you get with K Mag, and also with K Mag, he seems to be a lot less sort of, for want of a better word, dangerous. Mm. Yeah, I think he's calmed down a lot. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think he's he's more respectful of his driving, so he's not quite a sort of a madman like he like he was previously. We've seen some very interesting <laughs> defending from him before, and I mean. That Bahrain, that that car looked on fire in Bahrain, like P4 on your first race back with K-Mag. You must be like, oh, this this is not too bad, you know. Honestly, and I think Haas have an incredible car. And I and I saw something that um, someone asked Gunter Steiner, are you going to be bringing upgrades? And, and I love his answer because I think it's exactly the mindset he needs. He said, we're not going to bring upgrades until we entirely understand the car. And we saw it before that, you know, the 2019 season... Was it? Mm. Yeah, they had a fundamentally very good car. Whereas the qualifying was very good, wasn't it? Yeah, and it could it just couldn't work on tyres, and they didn't understand it. And instead of trying to actually work out, they were just throwing upgrades at it. Mm. And on the last race, they reverted back to the Australia spec, and it's like it's it's mental. But I think they've really learnt from that. And I, by the sounds of it, from what I heard, is they were really struggling with finding a balance. Um, but you know what? That's going to happen with every team. Um, in fact, I think that's what the Ferrari's uh, absolute strongest point is. It looks so settled and balanced every single circuit corner. It, it never looks wrong, if you know what I mean. You can yeah, see... I mean, the only thing with the Ferrari is a bit of porpoising. That yeah. doesn't seem to affect the lap time. So. It, exactly. And I think that uh, I'm, not, I'm scared for everyone else once they sort that out. Because obviously... The only thing with porpoising is you ha- you do have to compromise, don't you? You have to compromise ride height and a bit of setup. But mm. like you said, it it doesn't necessarily really seem to be be a problem for them. So happy days. Yeah, I mean they've certainly sorted out that power unit. <laughs> um, mm. I mean, and I suppose this year in a way it's sort of getting towards crunch time for uh, Kevin Magnussen's teammate Mick Schumacher. Um, well, I don't know. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of him, but he had, he did have a decent race at Australia. He did finish ahead of um, Magnussen. Yeah. I think Mick needs to just learn, but you can't kind of, obviously last year, in a sense, was a blessing because there was no pressure because obviously everyone knew that the car couldn't compete. He had a teammate that wasn't on par with him at all. So 
it was kind of the best case scenario, but it is go. It, he, he has no excuses now, and you're right, he actually did a really good job in Australia. But I guess now it's a question: Can he keep that up? Does he have the mental capacity to keep that up? Um, and I think on on the topic of like Ferrari powered cars is Alfa Romeo. I mean, I think they've had an excellent start to the season. I think Juan Yuzhou has been so impressive. Bottas has settled right in and shown his class. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the most beautiful F1 cars possible. I really think it's a good-looking car. Yeah, I mean, Guan Yu Zhou is, 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 um, oh, has been very impressive, actually, to be fair to him. I mean, the thing with Zhou, I mean, it was the same when he came to Formula 2. Like, that rookie, he was ridic- he was amazing. Mm. Um, but he just sort of never improved from there. So I suppose that's sort of a challenge from Zhou to sort of Joe even to build on that um, on that good start. But yeah, I suppose we can move on to Alfa Romeo. Bottas is looking like a very good sign. I mean, and there was something in Australia... That was the first time since early 2017, or sorry, middle of 2017, that Bottas hadn't been in Q3. That is ridiculous. That is impressive, isn't it? And actually, do you know what? Like, that is, is A, so impressive, and B, we've seen that. Like, I mean, obviously, where Lewis has really come into his own is the way he handles tyres on a race day. But in quality, Bottas has never been far off, unless Lewis does one of those godly laps you know like the singapore 2018 kind of lap um mm. but i mean apart from like kind of that Bottas is always there and about and he's actually pulled it a fair few times as well so he's obviously really worked out that alpha and, and has carried it through and what a stat that is by the way i mean that's so impressive yeah i mean that's two finishes six for eight it's definitely not bad for especially where alpha were last year Mm, exactly. So I'm really happy for Alfa Romeo and obviously what was once Alba because their last genuinely really good year was 2012 with with the Kobayashi Perez lineup um, mm-hmm. and that's quite a good car as well. So um, hopefully we we can kind of see a more a more kind of rejuvenated team throughout the rest of the season and and kind of I hope this is momentum to have a very good few years ahead of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean definitely that's hope so. And should we move on to um, Alpha Tauri? Yep. What have your how, What are your thoughts on uh, Sonoda? That Alpha Tauri have made a decent car. I think it's not bad. I think you know they're fighting points every race, aren't they? Um, mm. Sonoda. I really like him. Like I really like Sonoda, especially as a person. He makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> but the truth is, he's a Formula One driver, and I think. He has the pace. I think naturally he does have the pace, but he needs to do more. He does need to do more. Yeah, I don't think at the moment he's going to get a new contract. I mean, no, and it, you know what? It's difficult because you've got Gasly who's been in that team for ages, who is an incredible driver. But even so, like, you know, you 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 just got to do better, Yuki. And I really like you if you're listening. <laughs> but but it, it's just not good enough, is it? It's just not good enough. No, I mean and. I mean, when you're when Yuki Tsunoda himself was saying that he was surprised to get a contract extension to this year, last year, exactly. <laughs> and and we know the nature of Red Bull. We know what they're like. They 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 do not. There's no room for having a bad year. And so, I mean, come on, Yuki, let's let's sort this out. Um, because <laughs> it's just I'm a bit worried for him, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Who else? Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned Gasly briefly. Yeah. Um, so, well, 
he said retirement and then an eighth and a ninth um, finish in the last two races, which is definitely not bad, especially because AlphaTauri's cars not necessarily because remember last year they came out of the blocks firing, but oh, they were great last year, weren't they? Yeah, haven't had the greatest right. start, have they? It's just not they've just fallen a bit behind, haven't they? Mm. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And I, is that down to the powertrain? Maybe um, other cars coming up because of the powertrain, like the Ferrari, um, for example, or maybe sort of lack of design and development um, uh, over the sort of the regulation change. But I think gas has been sort of where we expect by now, sort of con- consistently out driving that car. Yeah, he is a great driver, and either I hope he, I hope he gets a contract next year to for the to the main Red Bull seat, or if not. I hope he goes somewhere else. I really do. I, I don't want to see him out of F1. He's a lovely guy, mm. really fast, really good. And although he had that year in Red Bull, well, half the season, it was just too early, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And it's such a shame because I think almost leave it one more year and you would have seen a ferocious Max Gasly battle. Um, yeah, I think put him in now and he'd be a very, a very good teammate. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, Red Bull have openly said it, like they they either renew him or they'll lose him because they understand and and that's quite rare for Red Bull to be so understanding of a driver situation but it's not it's no secret is it that he has to have a top seat um so he's done well I think the car's not not the best it it's certainly not where it was last year obviously different regulations but you know what I mean um yeah you know definitely yeah um, well, I think the ideal place for him would be Alpine. I think yeah, but with Alpine, you'd, they I think they they would sign ideally probably. I mean they, I suppose they've consistently neglected their driver their driver academy, but they have got Oscar Piastri waiting there. So. Mm, and got I mean who by the way Alonso, what a job he's been doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he always see that quality lap that was on par with Leclerc's kind of. He was what? Per- he was up. He was two tenths up in the second sector. Right, well, there you before go. Before that hydraulic failure. And it's such a shame, and it shows that he's just not. He just hasn't lost it, has he at all? I mean, he yeah, has. It's almost got- like the opposite of Vettel, isn't he? He's fired up. Vettel's yeah, you're right. He's fired up, and it's like he's a fine wine. He's really almost fine tuned. Maybe anything that almost was inconsistent once, which was almost nothing, because he's always been so good, but. Um, it's so interesting, isn't it, to see how kind of two drivers... I mean, Vettel's a chunk younger than Alonso as well. He's a good five to six years younger. Yeah, I reckon five. Not so. that old. He, he made his debut in, in 2008, so he started later than even Lewis did. Um, and so, actually, 2006, wasn't it? No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head. The race in the BMW in, like, 06, and then out of his first full season was 08. But it's it's... It's so interesting that to see the two ways, and I think Vettel was very much a blown diffuser guy, and I think he he was at one with that blown diffuser Red Bull, and I think that era was his era. But even at Ferrari, he, you know, he did really well. But I mean, I, I I hate to say it, but I I can't. I think there could have been a Ferrari championship win in that seventeen, eighteen, nineteen kind of year. Mm-hmm. Had Vettel not made the mistakes that were so costly, um, and I, I really like Seb. I think he's a lovely man, absolutely such a great part of the of the F1 paddock. But uh, he he's lost his mojo, don't you think? Yeah, well, I mean, if it was up to me, I, I'd get rid of both after Lance <laughs> Stroll. Yeah. What are you doing? Who would you, who would you put in? Oh, I mean, say get. 
I mean, Gazi would be a great sign, but I don't know. If, say, Gazi goes to Alpine, you'd have to get a young driver like a Piastri, I mean, or someone like that. And then I'd look at, sort of, who's lost seat? Not Mazabin. Um, oh, I guess, but... Who's, who's lost seats in, like... I know everyone's screaming Hulkenberg, but I'm... Oh, I think... I'm, I think so, I'm so past that. Like I'm, I'm exactly the same as you, um, but I was speaking to someone who he wants Hulkenberg back. I think Hulkenberg's had his chance. He has, and he has been so consistent, but he hasn't been good enough. Like, you know what? He had a great career, but let's move on now. Like, he clearly isn't got that generational talent. Yeah. Ooh, Gio's a good shout. Who? It's a bit of a rogue one, but Colton Herter in IndyCar. Yes, yes, and you know, uh, is he? He's a McLaren. Development, isn't he? He, he. I don't know. I don't know who's he's with, but he's de- he's doing F one tests soon. Yeah, I think it's McLaren, and that's that's even why that's that awards McLaren. I don't know who if Colton Hurst is McLaren as well. But... Okay. Oh, that's it. I don't know, but if he is, um, that's a Mercedes engine customer team as well. So it all kind of works. Do you know what? I I would love to see that. I absolutely love to see that because he's a great driver, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, Colton Hurter. Uh, does it say anything? Formula One. Oh yeah, he's signed by McLaren as a development driver in the 2022 season yeah. to test the MCL. So team, customer team engine. Um, in the sense of obviously it's a Mercedes engine. It, it would be great to see one of someone from. It's about time we see someone from Indy come over because there's there's some serious talent over there. That yeah, I mean if you look, if you look at this guy's results as well, he is he is no no joke. He's a very well, he very no. serious driver. So yeah, that's a that's a really good uh, replacement actually. Um, and Who would you go with? I would love that Col- Colton Herter or uh, I two drivers, huh? Two drivers, pick your two drivers. I'd say Colton Herter and I'd give Piastri a go. But obviously, it's easy to say, and you've got then two rookies. So yeah, I'd say Gasly and Colton or so- something like that. But I- I'd really love to see an IndyCar person come over because I think they're. Yeah. Good. I mean, if the rumours of Andretti coming in, then that that would probably make him more likely to get someone like Colton Herter. I really hope they do. I, I've heard not good things come from the FIA saying they don't want uh, some strangers. They don't want another team and just all this silliness. Just that. Is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they definitely they definitely should want uh, want more teams. But I mean, first of all, Aston Martin need to sort themselves out because they're, they're pretty cool. What has happened? Oh, can you not hear me? I can, no, I can hear you. I don't know what happened. Oh, no, sorry if we said what has happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Staying with Aston Martin, I mean, this could not have honestly gone any worse for them. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty shambles of all that all that budget that Lawrence Stroll is supposedly injecting in. I think Aston Martin is a toxic place to be, and I think with this, actually, I'm not allowed to say that, am I? <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's I think there's a lack of in the Formula One team, I think there's a lack of harmony between departments, between the leadership, the board. I think from what I can see is that it's quite a scary place to work, um in the sense of Mr. Stroll and I think that they need to like they have no excuse. They have absolutely zero excuse for this. They have the the facilities now of a big team. They have the funding of a big team. Of course, cost cap, but you know what I mean. And yeah. it's it's so bad. 
I think, from what I've heard, they've had to compromise almost everything due to porpoising. But come on, come on now. Who's the? Is it the, who's the, their new their new team principal as well? Because Safranau went to Safranau Alpine. Alpine, and it's Mike. Mike Crack. Who's who's Mike Crack? He went to, he's got an unfortunate name. <laughs> he went to. He was, I believe, something like BMW. He was quite high up in BMW. Oh, right, okay. So he's obviously he's good. Yeah, I mean he has to be, but I think oh gosh, I, I'm I'm so sorry, Aston, but I'm you need to sort this out because there is and, and you know, the, what I what's so sad to see is when there's a start of a new regulation and you've obviously got back markers, often it will be like that for the entirety of the time. The regulation, yeah. It's very difficult to turn around. So obviously yeah. back markers, Williams um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, Williams. You, you start off with Williams. How, how, I mean, I think they've made an incredibly reliable car, which is mm-hmm. good, but it's not fast. And I, I, from what I've heard and kind of looked at, it, it's a very draggy car. I think it, it's almost a, in the sense of 2019, not as bad, of course, but it's just so much drag and not enough downforce. So it's not a great. You, you've also got Nicholas Latifi, who has had. Yeah, I mean, the I, TV. I mean, he's. I used to subscribe to the theory that he's a bit underrated. Um, but he's not. I mean, get him out. Get him out of Formula One. There's no excuse for that. And you know what's actually actually makes me a bit sad because I was the same as you and I thought he wasn't. Actually, if you remember the back end of last year, he was actually out qualifying Russell. Yeah. Out qualifying Russell, or if he wasn't, he was a few tenths off. He wasn't as good in the race. He couldn't quite kind of, but. He still got points. He 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 really, I thought, found that I kind of understood the car last year, especially at the back end. And oh no, what what has happened this year? <laughs> but did you see that thing between Stroll and Latifi? That crash. Yeah, and it's like what? Like Stroll just like jigged to the right, like he, like he, Stroll overtook him, slowed down, and Latifi tried to overtake him. He just yeah. like, Stroll just veered into. Him. I do think it's definitely more on Stroll's side, but. Regardless, that kind of incident. Not just, great luck. You're in Formula One. You cannot be doing that. And <laughs> it, it's just mad. And they're both drivers that you've got to question. Like, I mean, to be fair to Stroll, he has polled it. He's got podiums. Like, he put it P2 in um, Monza, soaking wet in 28. Like, he's not a bad driver. He is. He's, he's had his had, chance. He's had so long. Like, he, he got right, destroyed right. by Massa. He got. He gets beaten by most of his teammates. Like. Right. He he he's had he's had moments, but that's not good enough, is it? You can't have moments. Yeah. You've got to be, at, you've got to be out qualifying your teammate, or uh, on par with them. Yeah. I don't think it helps him either that his his dad is also like the, the end of the team. Like in terms of like, it's not a great look, is it? No, and I think yeah, and I think that team. I think Seb. I love him, but he needs to go. He just needs to go now. Like. For his own sake as well. It, it, exactly, and I think you can see he's kind of falling out of love with the sport, and it's sad. Like Seb has nothing to prove. He's a four-time champion of the world. Like, you know what? He is among the greats, and I I don't care what anyone says. And you can look at even the last six or seven years and say, but he's not. But he is. He is really incredibly just he's a good. great driver, a great man. Yeah, yeah. 
in the right car is unbeatable. But unfortunately, it hasn't been the right car for a while. So I just think, you know, let's just call it now. Let's call it now, Seb. Yeah, exactly. Go and do like WEC or something. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, I'd like to see him in doing punditry because I think he's really good at talking. So, yeah. Do you think he'd be as good as like a Rosberg though? Because Rosberg's very good on the old punditry. I think... You know, with a few few kind of race of experience, he would be. I think I think some of these drivers would be so good at punditry. I think you'd be a good co- you'd be a good commentator. Do you know what? I really want to be a commentator. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you, I think you actually when you're like, if say you're not racing for a season or something, you should definitely like speak to like the GT4 European. I I think you'd be very good. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for what it means. Which is yeah, no, it's good. I I'd like to. Um, and yeah, so I guess that's kind of our roundup of what what what's uh happened so far and where every team is. Um, mm. and so kind of I guess we could say one more thing is, who do you think will be the champ? And kind of are there any Ooh. any significant things in any team that you think will happen for uh kind of between now and the end of the season? Okay. Right, so I think it's, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be rogue and yeah. not choose Leclerc or Verstappen. Okay. I'm gonna go Mercedes to have a sudden like really good upgrade and Russell to become world champion, and that's really yeah. rogue. Yeah, I love like, that. But you know, we've got to keep it interesting. Yeah. Um, what significant is going to happen in a team? Um. Mercedes changed their car back to black colour and it starts winning races. <laughs> it pulls, it gets its <laughs> um, flashbacks. Rich energy coming back into Formula 1. Oh, God, can you imagine? It's already been a good, crazy season, hasn't it? But I think... Oh, actually, I, no, I've got an outside show. I think Al... Oh, no. Ooh. Williams to get a podium and Alpine to win a race. Yeah. I, do you know what? I think... That's a, I, I like that. I really like that. Um, let's Can hope you match that. Let's hope so. I think <laughs> that I'm going to be really boring. I think uh, Leclerc will be the champ um, because I think even if Merck sort the car, it will be 50-50 if it's a Merck or a Ferrari and he's just got that gap now. Um, mm. But do you know what? I actually think your prediction's so interesting and I think fair because... Merck have a really reliable car. I mean, it, it's fantastic reliability. It's just porpoising. That is their downside. And I guess a bit of straight line speed. So it'll be interesting, won't it? Um, and what else do I think will happen? Um, Any drivers coming in? Well, I was going to say, I won't be surprised if we see a mid-season departure from one of the Aston Martin drivers. Um, well, it'll be better than that. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, exactly. so I wouldn't be surprised. And I wouldn't... Almost, I would. I I feel like Seb isn't the kind of guy that would. I feel like he'll stick it out, but it wouldn't surprise me uh, by if any. it did happen. I mean, yeah. Imagine if they put Mazepin in that car. Oh my god! Can you imagine if he gets the seat? Oh. It would be kind of funny though. At that point, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What can you do except laugh? And I think was there the news in the last weekend that we're getting a double Singapore now? Oh yeah, it's to, what's it to replace Russia? Um, yeah, so in that slot on the calendar or something. But And they're going to do one dusk and one... And one night. Right. Why? I don't want to see Singapore. Go to Malaysia. It's, it's, not, go, it's, it's near. 
let's go let's let's pack our bags let's all book a flight to malaysia and let's race there because it's a great circuit everyone's built for f1 that circuit is turkey on the calendar this year sorry is turkey on the calendar this year uh no oh i i'd like a bit of turkey as well i understand logistically it's probably not (gasps) actually no let's get india Oh, you're not you and your Indian. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to email Formula One because that oh, yeah. has to be on the calendar. I, I thought you have sort of a, a hotline straight to them. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Stefano. Actually, funny you say it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, well, I was speaking to Stefano last week. <laughs> well, but on a serious, I think. Get Malaysia on that calendar. We all want it, don't we? We all. It's next to Singapore. Like, just go. So much more sense. And it's a great circuit. And we all want to see it back. And we haven't been there, what, since 2017? Mm. Um, Yeah, I mean, 2017 or 2016. I think it was 17 because there was... It was 17 because it was the first year of the bigger cars. But no. Was that Vettel's first win there with Ferrari? Was that the year before? Yeah, 2015, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, get Malaysia on the calendar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it just, like, some of the scheduling, like we, so we go to Imola, and then we go to Miami, and then we go to Barcelona, like, what is that? Is that seriously? Yeah, so the next few races, Imola, Miami, Barcelona. Miami? Is this yeah. <laughs> Not Yeah, Miami is, um, that's another, I think it's another, I know it's Japan that's a 6am, but, but I don't know what sort of timing Miami will be. Probably at night, winter. And speaking of calendars, Vegas Saturday race. (laughs) Saturday races at Vegas. Yeah, well, it's Sunday morning at like two a.m. for us. Okay, great. Gonna be everyone will be drunk watching it. Every (laughs) person will be drunk or under the influence of something. (laughs) (laughs) We do not condone. (laughs) Yeah, which we do not condone. And if you can be sober. Okay. But if you choose to, we are not going to complain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your freedom of... But actually, on, on the topic of calendars, I think I, I'd just like to bring up is I really think we should... That F1 needs to do, think more about teams and team yeah, personnel. Yeah. personnel. It's, such, it's such a joke at this point. And then kind of hinting that they want to get, like, you know, 25, that kind of thing. Like, let's, let's, let's make it a 20 race cap, in my opinion. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's because it's because of all the sort of like Americanization of um of of Formula One in a sense. That it's that it's that Americanization. Also, you've got the Middle East kind of jumping on the bandwagon. Obviously, they've been for a while now, but you've obviously got Bahrain, Abu Dhabi, which fair play to them. They've had it for a while. They've had it for ages now. So they, they, I guess you could say, deserve a spot. Um, but. You've got Qatar and Saudi Arabia yeah, coming on Qatar, as well. Which I actually loved the Qatar. Well, I love that. Well, it's a new circuit, though, for not this year, but the one next year is a new circuit. So. I've heard that. Is that for Saudi or Qatar? Um, Qatar. Saudi's not saying. I thought that was just a lo- the one of that, that circuit. Sure, it wasn't great for overtaking, but oh my goodness. The, it's the a mostly GP track, though. Yeah, you're right. But it just flows. It just like, Hamilton's pole lap, but it's not good for racing. But... Saudi, no one wants it. Nobody wants it. It's such a joke that it's on there. Yeah. And I'd love to see Kailama. Kailami? Kailama? Yeah, well, that's, that's sort of the big news at the moment, isn't it? Kailami. And I, yeah, Kailami. And I want that. And it's a, I, I've driven it on a Seto Corsa, and it's a lovely circuit. 
Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, and also that make it more of a world championship because actually going to Africa. Uh, you're you're going to every essentially civilized continent. At that yeah, point. apart from Antarctica. Yeah, <laughs> but actually, do you know what? <laughs> the, the reason you'd have to sort of have a, ra- a break every sort of three or four laps to to clear the snow because yeah, just be or, or the ice if it starts to melt. Yeah, you'd have to get ice tires like grips, like you know, when you get winter tires with like metal on them. Yeah, and studs. Also, I was going to say Monaco. I heard this morning that they are being guaranteed a future in Formula One, despite lots of talk around them not. Well, they're never going to get rid of Monaco. No, they're they're right. Right. Um, and you know what can you do? You can't widen the track, can you? You can't change it. So it's just I think Monaco's there for the spectacle and for the history, and, and yeah, they're never going to get rid of that. Like it's not ideal, and actually. But the only thing is, is like, I think we need to stop blaming the circuits and start blaming the size of the cars. Like, yeah, they're so big and they're so heavy. Let's let's get them down to like 600, 700 kilos and let's make them the size of what the 08 cars were. That's yeah, 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 I, I, I agree, actually. And I don't yeah. think you've got a, you imagine a ground effect car. So already it can follow really well. That's light, nimble and Oh, that would just be a dream. That'd be a dream, I think. No, and, and I, I actually agree with you. And the other thing, I saw on the on the um, topic of cars, I, the um, podcast I was listening to, I give them a shout out. Pulse Off Fire podcast, um, quite yeah. a small podcast. It's sort of just starting off. It's a good podcast actually. Um, they were discussing um, very sort of technical. They were discussing how in Formula Three, Pirelli have built the tyres that have a specific formula in the back of the tyres that will start to go off like after like five. However many laps, so they lose the rear, and and like so they'll suddenly get a snap or something. And they were saying how they disagree with that, which I actually uh, um, also disagree. That this is the point of like playing God, like as they put it. Um, like the tie shouldn't be in- interfering in that way, and especially to that to a Formula Three driver, like someone who might be just you know coming out from Formula Four or something. They're not very experienced, and their car just suddenly sort of like snaps. Like how are they going to react? Will they be able to save that from the barrier? And like. I wouldn't really. I don't really like that. I don't really want that in Formula One either. No, and and it's. I think Pirelli are in a hard position with F1 because remember, kind of at the, in the 2012 season, everyone was. And it was like five stops, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, at 2012, everyone was complaining that they needed more excitement pit stops. So Pirelli granted everyone's wishes by making a tyre that lasted about three laps, and then we were having, like you said, like literally four five stop races and. And then there was always a complaint about that. So I do think Pirelli are in a hard place. That being said, I think, actually, <laughs> just to compare, like, the this year in GT4 is a new tyre compound, and it's completely different, but it, it lasts a lot longer, basically. And it's is that really, Michelin, or is that...? No, it's Pirelli, and it's brilliant. OK, right. And it's, it, it works because, I mean, actually, like, the Aston is really good on its tyres anyway, but it, it works really well. I think, you know... Now, any tyre in the world starts to wear out after a bit of time, but let's not make it, like, let's not engineer it so it will wear out on a certain lap or after a certain, like, why can't, like you said, let's make it a natural kind of thing. And then you're, then you, then also by doing that, you can, you know, drivers, uh, well, a big part of being a driver is, is tyre preservation, isn't it? And then you can see who's, who's kind of good at it and who isn't so good at it. So, yeah, that, that's a good point, actually. Like, and shout out to that podcast. That's that's good. Yeah, I mean, and and I think 
Well, they're talking about sort of getting rid of tire blankets altogether in Formula One, even though like I mean, we saw Hamilton sort of go straight on at one point. Yeah, I think that's like... dangerous, in my opinion. I, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think, I think the cars are far too quick. To... They, yeah, they, they've already lowered the, um, they've already lowered the temperatures, which is causing stuff like Hamilton um, starting <laughs> off. Straight off, yeah. Today. I yeah, I think I what I do like. I actually the lowering was interesting because you see now when it comes to undercuts, overcuts, they now have to consider the deficit they'll get for the kind of first sector or two because yeah. it's not um, up to temperature. And it, I guess you could say it adds a bit of excitement. But that being said, you know, you cannot it, with these F. I mean, in GT4 in Europe, we don't. In British GT, you can have tyre warmers. In G4 Europe, you don't. And honestly, going out on cold tyres isn't isn't ideal at all. And mm-hmm. you, you never... That's why... That's why they always they always put the full cold yellow pretty much to always to a safety car because the tires get too cold, don't they? Exactly. So let's I think let's let's not let's not do that. Um, I think please F one please don't take off tire blankets because I think we really for purely for safety we need them. Yeah, exactly. And spend more time negotiating on a deal with Sepang. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Use your time wisely. Exactly. Exactly. And as, unless there's anything else you want to add, I suppose that's sort of that's sort of no, it. No, I think I think we've actually covered quite a lot. To be fair, look at us. <laughs> exactly, go us. I mean, we we all we may be consistent, and we're also very informative. So there you yeah. go, two for the price of one. We 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 we've spoken about everything, so that does mean we now won't have a podcast for another six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, see you in a couple of years' time. Yeah. So yeah, if you're still listening, first of all, well done, and second of all, um. Next podcast, we'll get my teammate on as well. So, you know, we can talk about GT and kind of his journey because uh, he did a bit of single seaters. Um, and I think that'll be quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, you 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 have to conduct the interview. You know him better than me. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, it'll be great. I think it'll be exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And um, hopefully everyone listening is too. Um, and if you did enjoy, uh, make sure you do all the good stuff. Sort of. You can follow us over on Instagram. That's understeer podcast, I believe. Um, and you can follow Gus. What's your sort of tags? My tags are just Gus Bowers on Instagram and Gus Bowers forty four on Twitter. Um, what about the talk? Yeah, that's it. Classic. It's Gus Bowers on TikTok as well. So, uh, really, obviously, really appreciate if if you if you gave us both a follow. But um, the the most important thing is you follow the the podcast. So. Yeah, yeah, and leave and leave a nice little rating. And w- will there be any more? Will there be any more live? St- I saw you did one live stream of some something on a CM on TikTok. Yeah, I, I tried it out and I did it once and it got really, it got like three hundred viewers, and then I did it again and it had two. So I haven't <laughs> done it since, but I just trying to, I don't understand the uh, kind of algorithm, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think uh, if it goes into for you page or not. I mean, yeah, is, is that all you do? Or like Twitch streaming as well, but I suppose you have to be a bit more like consistent with all to do Twitch stream. But there's yeah. definitely a, there's, there's definitely a market for like driver sort of streaming such a YouTube channel like vlogging sort of thing. There's definitely yeah, a market sure. there for it. Well, I did um, an Instagram reel um, uh, that did quite well. It was just kind of snapshot of a test day. Um, it did well, and actually, I got positive feedback. So I might kind of ne- next test maybe do a kind of day in the life of a test racing driver at a test day kind of thing um if people would be interested yeah i'm sure they would um so yeah thanks for looking forward to that um and 
stay safe, everyone. Um, until the next one, whenever that will be, hopefully a bit sooner <laughs> than our last one. Um, also, I'll let you close it out, Gus, then. Yeah, well, um, it's been a pleasure talking with you, as always. And, yeah, we'll definitely try and, I think, sometime in the next two weeks, we could probably get, an, we could uh, record another one. Um, so, yeah, thanks. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Um, and until next time, thanks a lot.